We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the DFS OGs podcast. That's right, we're back for season two. So thank you to all the listeners, all the feedback. I'm glad to be back here talking NFL football. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited that we're back here. But let me bring in my co-hosts, my boys, my OGs. Let's start with David Kaplan, a.k.a. Head Chopper. How are we doing, my man? Yeah, man. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, We're actually... We survived the summer, you know, got the kids back in school. Now it's ready, you know, now we're ready for some football. I'm I'm super stoked. Uh, It's a a good time of year, man. This is the best. So I'm super pumped to get this thing finally cranked up, man. I'm so, I'm uh, so put baseball and PGA and everything else behind me now. I'm ready for some football. Yeah, I hear you. Same here. It's like Christmas. That's my comparison. So we're only a day away let me bring in my other OG, Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious. Noto, how we doing, brother? Oh, we're doing so good. I uh, can't wait for NFL to start. I'm so glad that they brought us back to do the OG podcast once again. And to bring up one of our segments from last year, pouring out, uh, pouring out for my baseball season. Oh, I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready for NFL. Uh, so let's get going. Yeah, once that calendar hits September, I'm like, okay, what is this baseball you speak of? I'm ready to talk some football. So – like always, we're going to cover each and every game. We're going to hit the Thursday game, give you some strategy on that. Guys, I know there's a million dollars at stake, 2.5 actually on DraftKings. Somebody's going to win a million dollars on that Thursday night game. So we'll hit on that. We'll go through each and every game, give you some of our favorite plays, stacks, avoids, things like that. So in part one, we'll cover the Thursday game. We will cover the early slate. And then we'll come back with part two. We'll cover the afternoon games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, And starting next week, we will take your questions for the first time ever on the show. So we'll give you time to get those in starting in week two. But week one, a lot to get to. As you can tell, we're raring to go. We're ready to rock. So, guys, Thursday night, Philadelphia, Atlanta. Again, a million dollars. Somebody going to win here. So just let's focus on that because I think a lot of people are going to be jumping in to that tournament looking for strategy on how to handle that. So, Derek, A, are you playing this tournament? I know a lot of us, the three of us, some of us like these one game showdown slates. Some of us don't. So you're going to start us off here. What are your thoughts on Thursday? And how in the hell do we beat this many people and win a million dollars? Yeah, I wish I had the answer for that. I'm probably not going to be playing the slate myself. I'll definitely be tuning into the game. Uh, but I'm not really a mass multi-entry guy. I'm not really sure my one lineup is going to beat 294,000 of them. Um, so I'll probably skip this one out. But, um, yeah, we definitely got some good information on Roto-Grinders on how to attack these showdown slates. Uh, Kevin Cole, a new addition to the RG team, uh, does a lot of work on this kind of stuff. So be sure to check all that out um, as far as my player pool. Uh, the guys that I like, we can get into that, or uh, we can go to Chop and see what he's doing for this uh, showdown slate. Chop, you playing the showdown slate? 
I mean, you got to play it that, first that's game what of the I, year. Yeah, man, you got to throw <laughs> you gotta a few in there. We're, we're I don't gonna, know what Derek's talking about, <laughs> Angle, to play it. <laughs> we're going to twist his it. arm, and he'll Come be on, in there. We'll, he'll be throwing yeah, some entries in. Give so. it a shot. So, All right, Chop, so what's the strategy here? I mean, in anything like this, you it boils down to two things, really. You can uh, be, you know, really unique and do some, some crazy things and just know that you're probably going to light your $10 on fire, but try to win a million dollars. Or you can play it close to the vest and put what you think are the best players in there, and you'll be trying to split that million uh, about a thousand ways, you know, and literally a thousand ways. And, you know, because if, if you're doing a lineup that featuring nothing but top name guys, you're, you're going to, even if it hits, you're just going to split it a lot away. So uh, if you want to win it, you got to be unique. That means you can still put in your Julio Jones and a couple other chalky guys, but somewhere along the way, you better change things up and take a Shelton Gibson or, or somebody crazy like a Dallas go dare, uh, you know, some, somebody crazy, or even Austin Hooper, something like that. You got to be different, man. If you want to actually win this thing and make, and make that really big money. Yeah. I mean, it's two and a half million total prizes. 1 million goes to first place. So not a lot left for everybody else. So this isn't one of those you want to just play to, to try to double up or, or do any of that. I think you want to Ricky Bobby this baby. You know, like I said, you're going to light $10 on fire. Well, this is kind of tournament. Why not? So let's get into some of the plays here. Chop, you mentioned a few interesting names there. And real quick, if you haven't played a showdown slate, the intriguing thing is you get the captain spot. And what that means is you get one and a half times the fantasy points for that player. You also got to pay a little bit more salary for that spot. You got to pay the price. So I think let's start there, Chop. Any any guys that stand out that you want to put in this captain spot? Obviously, one game. We don't have a ton of choices there. But who are you most likely to go with in that spot? So this is uh... – I w- I'll stick to chalk in the captain spot and try to and try to kill it somewhere else. I don't think there's anybody that offers more upside than Julio Jones. I like him here, so uh, he's the guy I would put in there. I mean, and I and I try to be a little bit different later on, but Julio stands out to me. And you know, I, I haven't read all the uh, articles on the showdown strategy from Kevin Cole, but I know he makes some good points, and I do I do remember seeing him say one thing, which you know, not, it didn't stand out. It was just kind of common sense to me. But he said, you know, the receivers offer the upside in that captain spot that over the course of how many ever games he looked up, you know, receivers were the ones you wanted to put there. And that just – it seems like common sense to us. You know, they offer all that upside. I think that's what you got to do. So, I'd look at Julio Jones. If I wanted to be slightly different, maybe I'd go like a Mike Wallace or an Aguilar or something like that. But I think you got to put a receiver there. All right, and who else is in the player pool? I heard of Shelton Gibson in there, and that's one of the guys that I put in a lineup and actually paired him up with the Eagles defense. Sounds like he's going to be the return guy. So we know that double dips are something we want to shoot for, and even on this one-game slate, a lot of people may not be thinking that, people that are new to the game. So Gibson I like, love the Wallace call. I think he's too cheap. What are we doing with Nick Foles here? Can he possibly replicate his Super Bowl performance? If you're asking me, I'm going to say no way, man. <laughs> Listen, I think Philly should really – all their fans out there should really be counting their blessings that for some odd reason they got like three weeks of the best Nick Foles you're ever going to get. And it seems like he's kind of back now and reverted to what he was, uh, you know, before Wentz came in and took over. Like he's just average to below average. So uh, I'm not – it doesn't do it for me. Nick Foles doesn't, doesn't stand out to me. So – uh, I'm, you know, on a lot of the showdown slates, if you want to be like safe about it, you know, you, you would, there's, there's, there's going to be reason down the, down the road to take two quarterbacks on the same roster. Right. This is one where I, I may, may just fade both quarterbacks, Foles and Ryan and, and play other guys in this thing. Yeah. And I don't hate that. And, and in those kind of lineups, you could even play the defenses. The defenses are in the player pool. The kickers are in the player pool. So if you think it's going to be a lower scoring game, which, it's trending downward. You know, this one opened up spread-wise, minus four and a half for Philly. We're down to minus one. Obviously, that's a Carson Wentz thing, but the total has fallen from 47 to 44 and a half as well. So you could see a, a lower scoring game. To me, that's running backs, that's defense, that's kickers, and you could just stack it up without using the quarterbacks. And I think that 
will be a unique lineup. So, Derek, let's get back to you. You're going to end up playing this, so you, you can tell us all you want that you're not playing it. So let's get to your plays, though. Who, who do you like in this game? Who stands out? Maybe some guys off the board as well. So you guys are telling me I should max enter with Nick Foles as my captain. And every I, I, don't know about, I don't know about all that. I mean, if you want to light a ton of $10 bills on fire, you can do that. But Yeah, I mean, the captain spot is definitely interesting. I like that uh, it's a little different on FanDuel. I haven't seen what they're offering this year. But um, the, the salaries are one and a half times, and the fantasy production is one and a half times. So you can definitely play a cheaper guy in your captain spot. That's something that I did a lot during the NBA playoffs. Um, and I haven't dove too deep into it, but uh, I think everyone's going to be playing Julio Jones in that spot. So if Julio Jones ends up having a bad game and you don't have him in your captain spot, you could definitely get an edge on you know 50 to 60% of the field. If you're playing the Ricky Bobby style uh, first or your last, I do think uh, he's an interesting fade just in this one tournament alone. But he's obviously the best uh, you know, raw play for that position. Uh, yeah, I agree with you guys' take on avoiding the quarterbacks. I do think this could be a low-scoring game. Definitely an interesting uh, you know, sort of slate where we can target the defenses and the kickers because we're not going to be able to do that, uh, at least not the kickers on the main slate. So, yeah, I'm looking uh, towards some of the position players. Uh, I think Devontae Freeman's going to end up being popular. If you want to pivot off of him to a Tevin Coleman, he's cheaper. Obviously not going to get as many looks, but we've seen the upside from him in the past. Uh, these uh, Eagles running backs, you know, there's three of them. we got Sproles, Clement, and Jay Ajayi. Another way to do that is to, you know, fade the guy that we expect to be the workhorse in Ajayi. We know the Eagles like to rotate those backs, uh, you know, in and out of the lineup. So maybe take a shot on Clement, maybe take a shot on Sproles, and then go from there. I mean, I do think you want to eat some of the chalk. It's not like uh, none of the big names are going to have uh, big outings. But if you're going to win one of these uh, massive, massive uh, tournaments, then you got to definitely take some contrarian plays uh, down here. And don't be afraid to leave salary on the table, and, and, and a lot of it. You know, I have a couple lineups or thousands of dollars left over. I mean, that, that's going to give you the shot at a million, like Chop said earlier. If you make a, a zeroed-out lineup or a, a chalky lineup, you're going to split that with 15,000 people, and that million dollars is going to get chopped up. You're going to get about $7 out of it. So be unique. Think differently. Think outside the box. But agree with a lot of those calls. The Sproles call, I think he's intriguing in the PPR format. Kevin Coleman, I agree. And then on the Atlanta side, you know, a guy like Mohamed Sanu. You know, Ridley's the, the big flashy name everyone wants to play, but it's still Sanu in, in that wide receiver, wide receiver two spot for Atlanta. So any final thoughts on this? Uh, Vandal does have a tournament as well, not neglecting them. They had a million dollars in prizes, 250000 first. Almost the same setup. There's just called the MVP. Same thing, one and a half times the points, one and a half times the salary. Four flexes over there, five on DraftKings. So – Final thoughts, anything else to add before we get to the main course, the main event, Sunday, anything here on Thursday, guys? Um, I'm, I'm done with it. Just I'm going to put in some lineups and sit back and enjoy it. I, I know that the likelihood of cash and big is, is not there, but it's, it's just for enjoyment. Derek, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I'm glad that FanDuel did include the one and a half times the salary. Um, I know in the past they just did the production, so everyone would take the top guy. So I'm glad they did that. Uh, but nothing else from me. Um, I'm excited for it to get going, but probably not going to be wasting a lot of my bankroll in this uh, showdown slate. It looks like FanDuel did not do the salary part. It's just oh. the one and a half times points. So misspoke on that, but still another place to play. And I, I agree, Chop. I'm going to throw a couple in, see what happens. I wouldn't go crazy on it, but – any chance to throw $10 in and win a million, you got to at least take a few shots. So let's turn our attention. Sunday, you want to talk about money on the line. $5 million on the line in the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings. I think that is obviously the marquee tournament. FanDuel also running a very large tournament. Just a $9 buy-in on theirs, so about half the buy-in. But there will be overlay, guys. We always see this. And what does that mean? It means there's going to be more money in the prize pool than entries, and I don't think there's any way these tournaments fill. So week one, always a, a, a Wild West shootout. You never know what's going to happen, but definitely a chance to win some money, especially with that overlay. So let's get started. First game, the Buffalo Bills, who have looked absolutely atrocious going to Baltimore here. Baltimore, big favorite, seven and a half is the spread as of right now. So Derek, Buffalo coming in, Nathan Peterman, the starting quarterback here. Do they have any shot in this game do you have any interest in anyone on the buffalo side of this one let's start there 
I mean, we keep seeing the uh, line climb in this game. I believe it's up to seven and a half now. It opened at like six. Uh, everyone's betting on the Ravens, and uh, I'm not surprised. You know, the Bills, they traded away A.J. McCarron. Uh, Josh Allen's been terrible in the preseason. Nathan Peterman had terrible performances last year. So, yeah, I don't know if I can trust anyone on this Bills offense. We got um, a little bit of uh, drama surrounding LaShawn McCoy right now. I just don't like anyone. Their receivers aren't that great. Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, Charles Clay. I think this is all Ravens, and that's where I'm going to be uh, starting my lineups is with the Ravens defense. All right, let's let's hit on them real quick while we're here. I, I think that'll be one of the most popular plays of the week at any position. So are you okay rolling them in tournaments, or are you going to look elsewhere? Their cash games, obviously, I think that's the way to go. But tournaments, what do you think on the Ravens defense? Yeah, I'll still have some in tournaments, probably try to match the field. We know that defense is the most volatile position, at least one of them uh, in DFS. So I'll have some, but probably not going to be overweight. I definitely don't like to hit the lock button on any defense because it is so random. Uh, random score here and there can end up being the difference between, you know, winning a million and uh, you know, finishing in a thousandth place. So I like to cap my defensive exposure around 25%. All right, how about the Ravens? I think there's lots of spots to go here. If we're talking DraftKings, Joe Flacco, super cheap. Alex Collins, one of my favorite plays of this entire week on both sites. I think he's underpriced. So those are the guys I'm looking at. A little bit of John Brown as well. I think he's a value price. So hopefully I left you some meat on the bone there. But what's your focus here for the Ravens? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Alex Collins is going to be the guy. As far as cash games are concerned, I generally like to have an out for my running back. You know, if the Bills end up getting ahead in this game, we could see a little bit more Javorius Allen. I know that Alex Collins can catch passes, but that's not really his strong suit. So I think I will uh, save Collins for tournaments. I'll have a lot of exposure to him. But for cash games, I kind of like those three down backs, and there are some cheaper ones that we can get exposure to this week. Uh, I like the John Brown call in large field tournaments. And that's about it for me. Uh, I don't hate the John Joe Flacco play, but I think this is a game where they're going to get a big and not really have to throw it a whole lot. All right, Chop, over to you. Let's start with... The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at WoodhouseMazda.com. Same question. Any interest in the Buffalo Bills? Nope. Nope. Easy enough. I love it. Chops, chops <laughs> a man a few words, but he gets the job done here. All right. Baltimore, what are your thoughts? Again, I think there's lots of ways to go here. My favorite is Collins. What do you think on the Ravens? Yeah, I mean, it just uh, plays into his hands right now. I like anything could happen, like Derek said, any, uh, Buffalo could jump out big. I just don't see it. I don't see how it's going to happen. I think Buffalo is going to be a really, really bad team this year. So uh, Collins is the safest play in the whole lineup. But uh, before they do jump out big, while they still are passing in the first half, I, I don't mind Crabtree. So uh, I, would, I would tend to go there for the receiver. But, uh, yeah, overall, Collins is the one guy I want. And then your thought on the Ravens' defense. Again, they'll be very popular this weekend. So how are you attacking that cash games tournaments? Really similar to Derek. I think cash games, I would almost push the lock button in a cash game. And in tournaments, 20%. I usually go 20% max on all my uh, defenses anyway just because you just it's hard to predict who's actually going to get the pick six that week and be that two-touchdown scoring defense that pushes you up over the top. So I'll, I usually cap everything at 20% in tournaments. All right. Anything else on this one? We can move on. Not much here. All, all Buffalo or all Baltimore, it sounds like. No Buffalo. I, and I agree. So let's yeah. go on to the next one. We got Jacksonville going to New York to take on the Giants spread, sitting at about three for Jacksonville, open at four. So a little bit of money coming in on the Giants on this one, but total about 43 and a half. So, 
Chop, let's get started with you. Obviously, the Giants at home get Odell Beckham back. They add Saquon Barkley to the mix. We'll see what Eli Manning can be. And then Jacksonville, we know, coming off a great season, can they continue to get it done here and go into, Jack or go into New York and get this W? So, thoughts, Jaguars, Giants? Uh, I think this is very interesting. And I think uh, start off with Jacksonville. They've got some – some interesting parts there. Fournette's a big-time running back. That's nice. They got a little value at wide receiver. We could play Keelan Cole if you're into Keelan Cole, if you want to take a shot at some of the other guys. Moncrief or Shark or somebody, that's fine too. So there's some interesting pieces over there. Uh, but I think the Giants are like a tournament, very tournament-friendly team right here. Like, first of all, the prices are down on them for what, from what you're going to see three weeks from now, two weeks from now. So that's good. And who's to say that the Jacksonville defense is going to be just as good as they were last year? Not to mention, they did fall off down the stretch, too. So, a whole offseason, this is your first game. The Giants have all this time to prepare for them. I really like the Giants as tournament plays, and I'd start off with Beckham. He may get the blanket treatment, but they move him around so much that he may, he may end up avoiding a lot of Jalen Ramsey. But even if, even if he gets shadowed by Ramsey, the other guys, Shepard, Ingram, those guys are big-time pass catchers also. Yeah, I like Eli Manning here, man, quite a bit. This just feels like the Giants are going to, at home as underdogs, they're going to come out and, and play a really good offensive game, and I could see them putting up some points here. Yeah, I agree with you. I was in a, a draft with our, our very own Dan Bach, and I, and I took Odell Beckham, and he kind of scoffed at it. But, you know, he's a Jags homer. He's going to do that. But we, we talk about this all the time is people always give the edge to the stud cornerbacks and we just kind of neglect the, the big time wide receiver. Odell Beckham's going to be moved all over the formation. They're going to do whatever they can to get this dude the ball. So I think potentially a very low owned play. And I agree, Chop. I think the Giants, low team total, they're going against the Jags. Nobody's going to be looking at them. And this is an, an offense that could put up some points here. So I like the, the Eli to Beckham uh, under the radar here, Derek. Let's get over to you. Jacksonville, Giants, what do you think? Oh, you're another Jags homer. I forgot <laughs> here. So maybe we're going to have a little little double duty. So what do you think about the Odell Beckham call there? Are you, you avoiding him as well there, Mr. Jacksonville? So I do think this is an interesting spot for the Giants. Nobody's going to be playing them. It's always good to get those low ownership plays, especially in week one, just because we think we know these teams, but we really don't. Um, you know, five weeks from now, we're going to look back and think, you know, I can't believe we thought the Jags D was good or whatever it may be. So uh, last year, the best way to attack the Jags D was with running backs and with tight ends. So I don't mind looking at Barkley in tournaments. Don't mind looking at Evan Ingram in tournaments. He did clear the concussion protocol. Not sure anybody's going to be looking to him. Don't hate Odell Beckham, but uh, there are a lot of good receivers in this slate, so I'm probably not going to be paying up for him. As far as the Jags go, I do think it's a great spot for Keelan Cole as a cash game option. He's going to be popular, but he's expected to be the number one there in Jacksonville now that uh, Marquise Lee is out. And I think he's a great tournament fade. Uh, if you play him in your cash game lineups and he plays well, then you're going to be looking really good. If you play him in your cash game lineups and he performs poorly, then uh, your cash game lineups are still going to be live and your tournament lineups are going to be looking great because he is going to be so popular. You're going to get uh, quite a bit of leverage on the field. So I think he makes a great cash game option. Easy tournament fade uh, for me. Uh, and then you have D.D. Westbrook, Moncrief, that you could easily pivot to. As far as Leonard Fournette, I think if you're going to play him, you pair him up with the Jags defense. Uh, he needs that positive game flow for him to really have a big game. And pretty much every time he fared well last year, the Jags defense always are also fared well. So I like those two as a correlation play in tournaments. But overall, probably not going to have a ton of exposure to this game outside of Q and Cole. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because I agree completely. He's 3800 on DraftKings. He's minimum price on FanDuel, and that's, that happens when they release the, the pricing so early. So that's how I'm attacking it as well. I think it's a great cash game play. Most of your opponents are going to have him as well. So if he doesn't do well, like you said, you're still sitting pretty in tournaments, and most likely the people you're playing have him as well. So it doesn't really hurt you there, but helps the old tournament exposure. One guy I want to add in here you guys didn't bring up, and tight ends against the Giants, guys, it's been a thing here for years. So I know Austin's Ferrying Jenkins dealing with a little bit of an injury, didn't practice today. Any interest there? Because I think he's a, a sneaky tight end playing just 3,200. Derek. Derek? Yeah, I think that's a good call. You know, we've been streaming tight ends against the Giants for years. 
And you mentioned the injury. I do think that will help keep that ownership down. And tight end in general is a position that I like to pay down for. Dropping the interest in old ASJ. Yeah, there's some some interest there, right? As Derek was talking, I, I realized I didn't hit on Jenkins and well, I don't know, I guess we're going to find out if the Giants learned how to finally de- defend some tight ends, but that's been their and Achilles heel for them. So, yeah, absolutely some interest there. But you know what? You know what drives me off of ASJ more than anything else is that we're going to start getting into some other tight ends here later. And we got some good tight ends going this weekend. Yes, we do. It's, it's going to be tough to narrow that position down to one guy. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I know we talked about in our Roto Academy class, which you guys should go check out and and give you a little tutorial on selecting these positions. So you can find that over at Roto Grinders. But, you know, we talked about the double tight end strategy and especially in a cash game to save you money. So, you know, he's in the player pool for me. We'll see what this injury brings. But again, 3,200, pretty fair price. All right, Chop, let's get your take real quick on Keelan Cole. You know, I know it's a hot-button topic. I think he may be the most popular player, especially on FanDuel at minimum price. So are you in the same boat? Is he a cash game option for you? Tournaments, are you going to have some? Are you fading him? Or what are you doing with Keelan Cole? Uh, he's definitely got to be in your on your radar for cash games just because of the price tag. Uh, but for tournaments, man, I don't know if I'm going to fade him, but I'm certainly not pushing a lock button on him. or I'm certainly not going – well over the field on him like if I play him it's going to be along with the field at about the same ownership there's just too many things that could go wrong for a uh, Jacksonville wide receiver on the road with Blake Bortles as your quarterback and not to mention like they've disappointed plenty of times in the past when a receiver was supposed to be the guy and step up and never did and it was just a big old mess so I'm, I'm cool with going underweight on him all right, let's move on to the next game. And I almost want to skip this game, and, and we'll get to that in, in a minute as to why. But New Orleans, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, obviously big favorite. A lot of money coming in on New Orleans. The spread, it started at seven. We're up to nine and a half in favor of New Orleans. The reason I say this, and, and Derek, Ooh, yeah. we're going to start with you. We know that I'm a Mike Gillisley fan. That, that was my boy that blew up in my face. I, I'm still cleaning egg off my face and out of my hair and out of my beard and from last season. But when you look at the depth chart here for New Orleans, who seemingly cut everybody, some, some reason cut Boston Scott the other day, which was a guy I thought could, could do well and, and contribute there. The depth chart reads Alvin Kamara and my boy Mike Gillisley, and that is all. Now there's the fullback, and we know the Saints will, will troll us sometimes with a Zach Lyon touchdown or two, but let's just start there. We'll, we'll get into the rest. I'm tempted to put Mike Gillisley in some lineups this weekend. So talk me off the ledge here. Is it a smart move? Do you see him having a role here with the Saints? Well, like you mentioned, they cut everyone else. So uh, if, they, if they don't expect him to have a role, then uh, I don't think they would have cut everyone else. So I do think he's going to get some carries. But if anything, I just think it's a better spot for Alvin Kamara. Uh, yeah, I know they don't want to give him 25 touches a game, but with Ingram out, I just think they're going to ride the hot hand. And <laughs> I'm calling me crazy, but I think Kamara's going to have the hot hand over Gillisley. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Kam- – Kamara's one of my favorite running backs on the weekend, no doubt. But, and this is more of a FanDuel thing for me. When you look at the sites, DraftKings, you want them pass catchers. You want the PPR guys. FanDuel, you want touchdowns. You know, and it wouldn't shock me to see him come in and score a touchdown. So, Derek, keep rolling here. We'll, we'll ignore my boy Gillisley here. Kamara, I agree, a phenomenal play. Again, one of my favorites. What about the passing game here for New Orleans? You know, we saw Drew Brees still still play well. The touchdowns just weren't there. I think those bounce back. And Michael Thomas is out there on Twitter saying, you better be ready. He's ready to tear it up. So, any interest in the passing game here against the Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah, definitely have some interest. Only concern is the game flow if they get out to a big lead with, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzmagic throwing some interceptions on the road. But, yeah, I do like the spot for the passing game. I think Drew Brees is an excellent cash game option, and I do think you can, you know, use him in tournaments. You could even pair him up with Kamara. I think that's going to be one of the more unique stacks, uh, especially if you're game stacking this one. Nobody likes to pair a quarterback with a running back, but I mean, we saw how many targets Kamara got last year. We saw how explosive he was out of the passing game. You mentioned Michael Thomas. I certainly don't have a problem with him. If I'm playing Thomas, I'm probably going to end up pairing him up with uh, Drew Brees or some receivers that I like a little bit more that we're going to get to 
but yeah, overall, I think it's a great spot uh, for this offense. The Buccaneers defense doesn't worry me in the slightest. And so I'm going to have a ton of exposure. Kamara is going to be my favorite play, but I will definitely mix in some Breeze and Thomas and uh, maybe even a little Ted Ginn and Ben Watson as well. Yeah, I mean, and I'm interested to see Traquan Smith, Cameron Meredith, how do these guys integrate into that offense? But I think the defense is in play here as well. If, you, if you're worried about ownership on Baltimore, this is one of those defenses I think you can go to and feel pretty good about it. So, Derek, any interest on the Tampa side? I know we love to stack New Orleans. Generally, you want to run it back with somebody on the other side, and there's some intriguing names. You know, Evans, Godwin, Deshaun Jackson. But like you said, it, it's Fitzpatrick. So any interest in running it back with any Tampa guys? Yeah, you brought up the Roto Academy course that we did. And one thing that we talked about with receivers is wide receiver cornerback matchups and how oftentimes they get uh, overplayed a little bit. But one cornerback that I have a ton of respect for, Marshawn Lattimore, don't really want to play Evans in this spot. Um, I know Fitzmagic will take some shots down the field, but I don't really love Evans here. I think Godwin's an interesting tournament play uh, if you want to bring it back with the, the Saints passing game. And Payne Barber, is he really going to get the workhorse treatment in this one? I mean, it sounds like it, and I think there'll be spots where we can use Peyton Barber, but on the road as a, almost a 10-point underdog, I don't know that this is the week. I, I liked what I saw out of him last week. I think the kid has talent, but you know, I don't think it, it's a spot to go there, even at a $4,100 price point. Again, I think he'll have his spot. So, Chop, let's get over to you. Uh, again, Gillisley, give me your thoughts there. You know, again, I'm teetering on the ledge here, so – Either push me in the water or push me back in the boat. And then the rest of, of New Orleans and, and any interest in this Tampa Bay side. You're, you're begging for somebody to tell you Gillis Lee's okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do, man. I'm, I'm putting no. them in lineups and I'm yanking them out. And I'm putting them in. Like, who knows? I, uh, I think he's a good play. I think he, I think he makes sense this week. Uh, it's, you know, New Orleans has a plan here. And they've always been a little bit – weird with their running backs anyway and the way like they've always zigged and zagged in the past with the running backs like you expect it to be one thing and then it's another thing uh, and they have a plan they cut Jonathan Williams right so they must have had something up their sleeve I think they're going to use him I think they're going to use Gillis Lee a little bit here I think they're going to for sure get him if you know short yardage situation I think he's going to be in there uh, I think that they don't want to pound Kamara in this game if they get up by two two touchdowns at halftime and they and the teams go into that, you know, kill clock mode in the whole second half, which is a possibility. I think he's the guy who's going to get a lot of the, those carries. So, yeah, I don't mind Gillisley in this game, to be honest with you. All right. So that'll be my poor one out for my Twitter mentions if Gillisley goes out there and craps the bed again. So hey, we'll consistent. see. We'll see. <laughs> consistent starting this season the same way as you did last season. I mean, I'll take that, and then I can uh, somewhat redeem myself if he can pull three touchdowns off again. So, Chop, what do you think of the rest of this game? Obviously, Kamara, one of the studs of the weekend, Breeze, Thomas, any sneaky Saints here? I mentioned Meredith, Traquan Smith, Derek brought up Ted Ginn. So what's your overall interest level in New Orleans, and you want to take a shot on any of those secondary pass catchers? Uh, yeah, there's no sneaky guys just for the fact that you're mentioning it and everybody else is – they're on the, same, on the same wavelength with you. So, there's nobody sneaky here. It's all, it's all there. It's all chalk. Kamara, you know, going to be one of the top backs on the weekends. Everybody knows that. That's fine. Michael Thomas is right up there too. So, I don't – I think they're fine plays, but uh, there's nothing sneaky about any of these guys. And I don't – I don't necessarily want to kill a roster with a Traycon Smith or a Cam Meredith. I'll, I'll hold off for a better spot later on down the road. Tampa Bay, it's kind of interesting. I would definitely pass on Mike, Mike Evans just because he got pretty much locked down the last couple of meetings there uh, against New Orleans because of the shadow treatment. So I'm done with Mike Evans in this matchup. I think you could turn to a Godwin maybe and, you know, you get something and maybe an O.J. Howard, but – I'm going to go Peyton Barber here as my top Tampa Bay play. I'm on the PPR site, not on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, just because I think he's got the skill set to rack up a lot of receptions here in garbage time, you know, as they get behind and they throw a lot to him out of the backfield. So I think Peyton Barber makes for a perfectly fine play, and it's a great price tag. Yeah, like I said, 4,100. I don't, I don't have a ton of interest, but you bring up a good point. If they're playing from behind, he could be the guy. We know Ronald Jones – obviously can't catch a football so we'll see what happens with his development so let's move on next game could be the game of the week chop houston and new england 
Uh, could be a ton of fireworks in this one. Spread coming down a little bit. Started at seven. We're down to minus six and a half for New England. So a little bit of money maybe coming in on Houston here. Can they go in and pull this off? Deshaun Watson, back healthy. We know the weapons are there. So interest level in Houston and then New England. There's a ton of ways that you can go. So cash games, tournaments, fades, lots to get to here, Chop. Go ahead. What do we got? Yeah, it's an interesting game. It's the highest total of the week. So we got that going for us. It's in New England. I'm curious to watch Houston being fully healthy. Deshaun, not just Deshaun, but J.J. Watt and all the defenders, Clowney, everybody seems to be healthy right now. So, man, I'm curious to see what they look like. But as far as Houston on offense, of course, Deshaun and Hopkins, you know, uh, premier plays. Will Fuller is definitely a guy you need to look at. He could pay off his price tag with one play. Wouldn't doubt that. Lamar Miller uh, is looking better and better to me. Like, he kind of – like, we had this Lamar Miller thing at the beginning of last year, but he fell off and – by the end of the year, nobody wanted to play him anymore, but I think he's going to get a little work here in this game. It's fresh, fresh start, you know, fresh legs here. No games under his belt yet, so I think Lamar Miller holds some value. And on the flip side, I'm worried about New England, man. Like, I would not be surprised if uh, we get to the game day inactives and Sony Michelle is not inactive, you know. So it's Michelle and Burkhead and White, and now you got to decide who you want to take out of all those guys and I'm not looking forward to that, but I think that might may be where we're trending at here. Uh, I think the best player I see on the New England side is Chris Hogan. I'll be all over Chris Hogan in oh, this yeah. matchup. So, uh, you know, and Brady, um, probably passed. The price tag's up there. I'm sure he's going to put up a nice, nice game, four touchdowns, all that good stuff. But at 7.2, I'm fine with going cheaper at quarterback anyway. So I'm there. Now, the one fade here, Gronkowski, expensive price tag. Don't know if I could pay 6.9 on DraftKings for him. Uh, and that's worrisome to fade that guy because he could be the premier tight end by a wide margin and then leave you in the dust. But uh, Chris Hogan's my guy here, man. Yeah, I love me some Chris Hogan. Featured him in the video. Actually had Gronk as my favorite play on, on FanDuel. I think the, the salaries are so soft this week that it's a week we can spend up at that position and call for two touchdowns there. And I think that's what's going to happen here. So 6,900 on DraftKings, kudos for that pricing on Gronk. A good number for him, but – you know, I'm going to disagree. I, I think all these Patriots in play do agree with the running backs being a headache. I mean, I love this price on Rex Burkhead at 4200 but they're all cheap. You know, you can really take a shot, mix and match. Michelle, we're recording here on Wednesday, was a limited participant in practice. So he's only 5100 Burkhead at 42 James White at 4000 So lots of intriguing plays here on both sides. Derek, your turn. Again, game of the week. Houston, New England, lots to get to. What do you got? Yeah, the Patriots going to have a ton of exposure to all their different pieces. Look, they lost Brandon Cooks, Danny Amendola, Deion Lewis. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of touchdowns to go around. They're going to score points. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, which one of their players are going to do it this week. You mentioned uh, the running backs. It's a little confusing. You know, I was hoping Sonny Michelle would sit out week one uh, to clear it up a little bit. But it sounds like he's going to be active. I still think Rex Burdickett is going to you know offer you the highest floor. 4200 definitely a good price point on DK. I think we'll see him, uh, you know, line up as a receiver a little bit in this one. Then James White, he has such a high floor. People don't really realize he just gets like four or five catches a game. And if he's going to get a couple carries as well, I think uh, he's definitely an interesting tournament pivot away from Burkhead. So I like both of those guys. As far as uh, pass catchers, you guys mentioned Chris Hogan. I think it's a great spot for him. He's just underpriced across the industry. Um, probably going to be one of the more popular plays at receiver Gronk I'm kind of with chop on this one I don't love him on DraftKings just because the price is hard to get up to but I agree with you beer I think he's a great play on FanDuel pricing is definitely a little bit softer over there I tend to pay up uh, at tight end on FanDuel and tend to uh, go a little cheaper on DraftKings as far as the Texans are concerned can't wait to see Deshaun Watson back in action uh, we know DeAndre Hopkins put up an incredible line last year with the likes of TJ Yates, Tom Savage, and you know, all those guys. So uh, for him to have a good quarterback, um, I, I'm expecting a big year from him. But like Chop, the guy I have the most interest in is Lamar Miller. It sounds like he's going to be a three-down back at least to start the season. Uh, Deontay Foreman's still recovering from his injury. So uh, I think he could be really interesting. Only 5,200 on DraftKings, and he's going to get work both running and 
they're playing from behind, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think Miller's a very sneaky tournament play this week. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a little bit too cheap, and we saw him play very well when Watson was in the lineup last season. So we'll see if he can carry that over. Chop, I'm going to go back to you. You're, you're, you're a college football guy, so I'm, I'm going to give you some names here that had their time in the sun in college football, and we've seen flashes of it here in the pros. But any interest in some of these guys? Because I, I feel like Cordero Patterson is a guy that you get the ball in his hands and he can make things happen, and Belichick seems like the kind of guy that can unlock that. We saw a little bit of that in the preseason, but any interest here? And Cordero Patterson is my first name for you. Uh, man, that's a, you know, if, if it was any other coach, I would say no way, but you know, Belichick's been known to get the most out of everybody. So maybe he's, uh, already got things schemed up to get this guy in space. And obviously all he needs is a little bit of daylight and he can, he can take it. So just because of the situation he's in and the lack of depth they have at wide receiver, I would say there's some interest there. I'm not going to go overboard, but there's some interest there. All right, let's go to former Miami Hurricane Philip Dorsett, who may be a starting nope, receiver for nope, New England. Nope, nope, nope okay, nope, nope. we'll move on from that. <laughs> and the other side, Kiki Cutie, a guy that was great in college, more of a spread, air raid type offense, but could be a slot receiver back at practice today. Any interest in him at minimum price? QT's kind of interesting, but uh, I'm probably past just for the fact – like I'm not sold on some of the wide receivers that come out with big numbers that were in those big big offenses like Texas Tech, Baylor with Corey Coleman and those kind of things. Like sometimes you just don't know what production is real and which was really mythical. So not sold on him. I mean, he had a great last year at Texas Tech, but before that he really wasn't – he was, wasn't really on anybody's radar, so I'm not, I'm not sold on him at all. So that's a hard pass for me. All right, Tarek, any of those names intriguing you? Patterson, Dorsett, or QT? I think Dorsett's a little interesting. I mean, it sounds like he's going to have an every down roll or at least something close to it. And I think he's 3,700 or something like that on DraftKings. So, uh, Chop, why don't you like him at all? Chop gave him the quick nope. Nope. <laughs> he said, nope. He's had plenty of opportunity. He's just not as he's just not good. Like yeah. at least Patterson can rely on some athleticism. They they scheme him a way to get the ball and he can and he can take it to the house. What's door said? He's had opportunities with good quarterbacks, hasn't done anything yet. He's just not nearly as as good as of a good uh, he's just not a good wide receiver, man. That's all. There you go. All right, Patterson, the guy that, that stands out to me out of that group. So I'll, I'll sprinkle in a little bit. I'm not going to go crazy with it, but all it takes is one. I think he has that upside. Next game, San Francisco and Minnesota. Flavor of the week here, guys. Alf Morris, a you know, bad injury to Jarek McKinnon. Again, we'll pour one out for him as a group. Hate to see that. But now it's the, the Matt Rita and Alf Morris show. But going into Minnesota, I, I think these guys – are going to be over-owned. I don't want any part of that running game against the Vikings. Vikings side, bringing Kirk Cousins. We know the receivers, Diggs, stealing. Alvin Cook back healthy. Derek, let's go to you here. Thoughts on the San Francisco side, especially the running backs. Any interest there? And then how do we decide for Minnesota? Do we want the running game? Do we want the passing game? Or do we want it all here against the Niners? Yeah, as far as Alfred Morris, if he's going to be chalk on the road against one of the best defenses in the NFL, I will be very happy. Uh, if he burns me, he burns me. But if they're playing from behind, uh, I don't think he's going to catch a lot of balls. So I will gladly fade Alfred Morris. I think Breda is interesting in tournaments, but there are a lot of good values. So I don't think he's going to end up making any of my lineups. A little bit of interest in Marquise Goodwin. But, uh, again, I just don't love the spot for this offense as a whole. The Vikings just so good. Uh, defensively at home last year and you know Jimmy G Marquis going I'll target all these guys uh, in a better matchup but for week one I think I will just pass on this offense as a whole for the Vikings a lot to like here um, yeah I think you look at Kirk Cousins you can look at uh, Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph he's got a ton of weapons to work with we have Davin Cook returning from the ACL tear uh, sounds like he's gonna have a pretty big role um, you know right from the start don't think anybody's gonna play him just because this is his first game back. So I think there's a lot of interesting plays on the Vikings, and I do think they're going to go under-owned a little bit in tournaments. And I think Diggs is probably the only cash game option that I'll look at in this game, but a lot to like on the Minnesota side. Yeah, I agree. I love that price on Diggs on DraftKings. It just feels a little bit too cheap. And, you know, I think we see a, a pendulum swing here, and Diggs becomes the guy 
over Thielen, but both very valuable. Chop, same question for you. San Francisco, the running backs, I just think it's the shiny new toys and people are going to want to go there, and I think it's a mistake. Passing game, I agree with Derek. They'll have their weeks in Minnesota, not the week I want to go there. And the Vikings, who are your favorites there? Because like Derek said, I think you can go a variety of directions. So I don't need to look at the ownership on Alfred Morris to know that I mean, he, he, he's automatically a, a, a scratch off my list anyway. I'm done. I don't want to do that. So I don't yeah, – I'm done with him. Uh, I like Brieta a lot moving forward. Not this week, though. This is not the week for me to get on that train right there. But moving forward, he's going to be a great play. Generally speaking, I don't want any San Francisco in this game. Not, not on the road in Minnesota. That was a – I can't imagine they fell off so much in the offseason that they're not a, a really good defense still. So uh, – I don't want any San Francisco, but them, them being such a good defense is why it makes their offense so sleepy to me. Like, like it just doesn't feel exciting because I feel like they're going to be controlling the tempo, holding down the other opposing offenses, so there's not going to be a need to press the ball too much. So maybe that's probably a mistake on my part because, uh, you know, I think they could score whenever they want in this game. So, I mean – and by that by that measurement, Cook, Thielen, Diggs, all good. But I just, you know, for me, it's not exciting because I'm just I'm, I'm letting the Vikings defense weigh on my mind too much that they're going to control the offense. Thus, we don't need we're not going to see the shootout. And I like to get my guys in a bit of a shootout. So uh, the passing game is unexciting for me, but I get it, man. Thielen and Diggs could both pay off their salary with one play. Yeah, that's kind of my my worry about Kirk Cousins on the season overall. Is it's not. The, the Washington Redskins where you got to score 30 points you know, and it's going to be leaning on the defense, the running game. Any concerns guys with, with Dalvin Cook coming back from this injury, the, the smart coaching would say, let's ease this guy back in. We, we got another great back in Latavius Murray and maybe he could be of interest in this game at a pretty cheap price of 4,800 with, with minimal to no ownership on him. So just real quick chop thoughts on, Dalvin Cook, do you think we see him ease in, or is he right back to the workhorse back we saw last season? No, I can't imagine he's going to be a workhorse right away. I definitely have concerns, but, I mean, it's such a such a good-looking matchup, but I have major concerns that they're going to let him turn him loose like that. All right, Derek, same question to you. Yeah, it's a guessing game at this point. I mean, we had two rushes in the preseason, which you know, normally wouldn't be a concern if he wasn't coming off of an injury, but uh, I have enough – you know, concern about him that I probably won't use him as a core play. Just maybe sprinkle here and there in tournaments. All right, let's move on. A game I think could be a, a sneaky shootout down there in Florida, Tennessee and Miami. Very close spread on this game. Total a little lower than I thought it would be. But, again, I, I think this game, there's plays on each side that I think could go completely overlooked here. So, Chop, we'll start with you here. Thoughts, Titans, Dolphins. Super interesting. I'm stoked for this game, believe it or not. All right. Tennessee. I'm not alone on this one. <laughs> Unlike Gillisley, I got somebody on my island here. So tell me, tell me more. I, I mean, Tennessee could be really good this year and on offense. So I'm, I'm interested. Now, it's going to be tough because they could also manhandle Miami's defensive line and run Derrick Henry down their throat. That's one option. But I, I see it being on the road gives it – more of an opportunity to be like a closer game and, and let Mariota flex his muscle here a little bit. I like these receivers, Corey Davis, Delaney Walker at tight end. Uh, the chances would, you know, you want to take chances. That's Rashard Matthews and Taiwan Taylor. They're certainly not core plays, but definitely capable of uh, doing some damage. And Deion Lewis also. I think the Tennessee offense all around just really looks good, man. I'm going to have a bunch of it in different forms and fashions. For Miami – We've actually got value now, like Devontae Parker is out. So Kenny Stills and Amendola, cheap. Stills the number one wide receiver on this team now. He's actually been pretty good. Last year he had 100 targets. He's never had a, uh, he's never had a season in his career, and I think he's came into the league 2013, where he didn't average at least 14 yards per reception. He's a home run hitter. He's the number one guy now, will probably be heavily targeted in this game. And I would imagine they're playing from behind at least some bit. So, yeah, I like Steels. I like Amendola, Amendola in PPR. Albert Wilson is sneaky. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I like this game for a shootout. And that all circles back to who? Ryan Tannehill, who I, mm. I think is very intriguing here on DraftKings at 5,300. Probably 
a one, two percent owned guy, but the reason I like him is I like this game as a shootout, but I love those weapons on the cheap, like you mentioned. You know, Stills, one of my favorite players, I think he's fifteen hundred dollars underpriced on DraftKings at forty seven hundred. We know Amendola can help fill some of that slot role and Wilson a big play guy, kinda like we talked about with Cordero Patterson. So I wouldn't go with all of them, but you can mix and match different stacks and Last season, Kenny Stills and Ryan Tannehill played together nine touchdowns for Stills in that season. So I know some of those were Matt Moore, but the point is those guys have a very good connection on the field. So, Derek, your thoughts? Me and Chop like this game a lot. Are we making it three for three here? Definitely like this game. I do think the, they could hit the over here. Uh, Mariota, coming off of a disappointing season, his efficiency was down, uh, but he looks healthy. I think he's going to be running a little bit more this season. So I definitely like him for a bounce-back effort. Uh, a lot of weapons to work with as well. I'm not really sure who I want to pair him with in terms of his pass catchers. Delaney Walker, obviously the safest bet. And he's a pretty nice price point on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I think the mid-range of tight ends often gets overlooked. Everyone either pays all the way down or goes all the way up. So uh, Walker's a guy that I think should have some positive touchdown regression. He caught you know so many balls last year and just never found the end zone. So I think uh, – Mariota DeWalker is interesting. I think I'm going to play a wait-and-see approach with Henry and Deion Lewis. They're two guys that you know I loved to target last year when they were getting full workloads, but I just want to see how that's going to work out um, before I target them. As far as the Dolphins go, pretty nice matchup against the Titans. Last year they were a pass-funnel defense, very good against the run, very bad against the pass, so I agree with you guys on Tannehill as a sneaky option. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, bless him. He's in uh, Cleveland now, if you guys watch Hard Knocks. Um, and, yeah, Devontae Parker, sounds like he's going to be out as well. So uh, two of the better values at wide receiver, Danny Amendola, Kenny Stills. Amendola offering the higher floor for cash games, still offer, Stills offering the higher floor for tournaments. And, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with Kenny Drake. I know they signed Frank Gore. I just can't imagine he's going to have a huge role, um, especially not catching the ball to the backfield. But, um Titans pretty good uh, run defense, so I think I'm going to be targeted in the past uh, offense with you guys. Did you see the video where they mocked Jarvis Landry? <laughs> <laughs> that was some good stuff there. So if you haven't seen that, uh, go check it out. But pretty funny stuff. All right, we got two games left here in part one of the podcast. Again, you're here with the DFS OGs on Roto Grinders. So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to the next game here: Cincinnati and Indian. And, and Derek, this is another one. You know, two pretty bad defenses, and I think a lot of parts on both sides certainly intriguing here. The, the Colts secondary, they're bringing dudes in off the street. You know, they might, they called us up for a tryout. So this could be a spot where A.J. Green, John Ross uh, get, get going here, maybe even some Tyler Eifert, Joe Mixon. So a lot of interest for me on the Cincinnati side. And then obviously the Indy side, stories Andrew Luck back in that lineup. Do we see vintage Andrew Luck, or do we get a shell of him? So – Again, a lot on this game. I'm very intrigued here. Derek, your thoughts. Yeah, sorry, I got a little off topic here. I can't believe they cut Kajust on, uh, on Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still crying about that, man. Oh, jeez. Anyway, back to this game. Uh, the Bengals, love, love, love them in this spot. Uh, you mentioned all the injuries to the Colts defense. Uh, they're also playing in the fast track in Indy. So I think this is a really good spot for the Bengals. I'm actually a little surprised that they're underdogs in this one. Um, but this has all the makings of a shootout. Andy Dalton finally has some healthy weapons. I uh, love John Ross as a tournament play. He's got a ton of upside, and he's pretty cheap. Love A.J. Green, one of my favorite uh, you know, wide receivers on the week. We know that uh, he's obviously a little bit better on the road than he is at home. I don't know why, but um, you know, a lot of years of sample size uh, when it comes to that. Um, Joe Mixon, I don't think I can play him right off the bat. Uh, I'll probably lean toward this passing game instead. Now on the other side, I think you can definitely take a look at Andrew Luck in tournaments. Definitely don't want to look at him in cash games just because this is his first game back. But when he's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks, at least from a fantasy standpoint, in the NFL. I uh, love T.Y. Hilton anytime he is indoors. Uh, if you look at his indoor-outdoor splits throughout his career, uh, massive difference there. And he's, uh, Luck's got a couple of good tight ends to work with, and Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron. Uh, I think Doyle's one of the better punt plays uh, that we're going to see on DraftKings. And I just think you can stack this game. Uh, we talk about game stacks often. You can uh, you know, pair a quarterback and wide receiver from one side and bring it back with the wide receiver one from the other side, whether you're doing Luck and Hilton and Green or uh, Dalton, Green, and Hilton. I like both those. So I'm going to have a ton of exposure to this one. 
Yeah, I mean, and the cheap receivers, uh, Chop, I, I think John Ross really balls out in this one. I, I think you see a touchdown on him. He's only 3,900, but Ryan Grant, 3,900. Chester Rogers, 3,500. Tyler Boyd, 3,100. So a lot of ways to go along with the studs of Green and Hilton. So this one looks like fun, Chop. What do you got? So if John Ross catches two touchdowns in this game, then he's going to end the year with about three touchdowns for the year because <laughs> I don't believe in John Ross. But this is like the best – this is like the dream matchup for him right off the gate. So, uh, unfortunately, the uh, John Ross guys may actually get paid off here. I just don't think he's that good. But I'm much more apt to put A.J. Green in there. But this is a, a good matchup for him. So, I mean, at 3.9, it's going to be hard to keep him out of my lineups, all my lineups in tournaments, but, but I like the passing game here. I like Joe Mixon. I kind of disagree with Derek there. I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot. I like guys with upside. He, he can do it all. He can run, he can catch. He's a supreme talent that never really got a chance last year. So uh, I think maybe if they, they give him a little bit of a chance here, he's going to go crazy. Andy Dalton, the red rocket, you got to go, you know, like you got all these pass catchers here. You got to assume that the quarterback's going to get a little, little action too. Like, you know, uh, that just makes sense. And so uh, my, my main concern, I would I hope that Indy can keep pace here and make them work and make the Cincinnati offense work and not just bog down and run because I'm a little worried about Indianapolis. I know, like, outside of T.Y., there's no pass catchers there in his receiving core. So, and luck, ugh, man, I'm worried about him getting the ball downfield. Still looks like he's kind of struggling with that shoulder. You know they're not going to have much of a running game, so I do worry about the Indy offense pushing the Cincinnati offense. But if Indy can do it, this would be a heck of a game. I'm just a little bit worried, but I'm leaning towards, you know, A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, and on the flip side, T.Y., man. you to got to fire up some T.Y. at home. All right. Neither of you guys brought up the Indianapolis running backs. Is it just you're worried or not sure who it is or just no interest? If it is Jordan Wilkins' chop, uh, was good at all Miss. Can that translate here to the Colts? Uh, that's an interesting question. So Marlon Mack looks like he's going to be out. At least he's he's highly questionable, and I don't even think he practiced today. So let's assume he's out. I don't want any piece of Nehemiah Hines. Ne- Nehemiah Hines. He's Naheem. not. Naheem Hines. He's there just not. Go. Like, he's fumbling too much. I don't see him having a big role here. Plus, I think that was just like uh, everybody's uh, – what are they? The player profiler, the spark score oh, yeah. darling. You know, yeah. like, they all loved him. Uh, I like, loved him. I, I thought he'd be better, so he's just fumbling uh, away his just, chance. Some guys just aren't real football players, right? It's just all it's all in the in the spark score. But so I'm, I'm not sold on him. Wilkins, he's okay. But, uh, like, I would have question marks of whether uh, – I, I definitely don't see Indianapolis playing with a lead here and – and him just getting straight-up carries all game. At some point, they're going to have to start throwing the ball around, and I'm worried about him uh, being the guy who they choose to be the pass-catching option there. So I like Wilkins more than any of them. Let's put it like that. All right, Derek, I'm assuming you're in the same boat there since you didn't bring him up. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Hines, but Chris and Michael, I mean, he's obviously had plenty of shots in the NFL. Oh, I no. forgot about that no, I'm, not, dude, I'm, saying his, I'm saying he's had his chance is what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, if Wilkins gets the start, if he gets 15 touches, I think he's definitely fine at 3,700. So. So, so you're playing Chris and Michael against my Mike Illisley. Is that what I'm hearing here? No. I was like, Sounds oh, like a bet. All right. We'll, we'll see what we can do there. If I can <laughs> twist Derek's arm and, and get a little bet on that one. All right. Final game for us here. On part one of the pod, we got Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Obviously, the big story here, Chop, Le'Veon Bell. You know, it's Wednesday, the September 5th, still not reporting. I don't think he's going to report from what his agent said. He may not report all season long. So, I think we got to scratch him off. And even if he does come back, I'm going to have very limited interest in him. We saw him kind of struggle in limited touches last season. So, hit on that. James Conner obviously becomes the darling, the guy everybody wants to play. And then the Cleveland side. I think the Browns win this game. I have a ton of interest there, but I'm going to turn this one over to you. Hit on Levy and Bell and hit on the rest of this game, obviously. What are you liking? Steelers, Browns. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not uh, – I'm, I'm 50-50 on Bell of whether he plays, but even if he does play, I'm with you. I don't want to – I'm not paying that price tag for a guy coming off the street on Saturday. Like, you can still get it done, but for that price tag, I need like a top two – performance out of all the running backs and 
I don't know if he's going to pull that off. What he does do is take away James Conner. If, if Bell does end up suiting up, he's going to take away our James Conner play, which I'm – oh, man, I'm on the fence about that because I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Bell sits out and everybody loads up on Conner. You know, I'm not sold on Conner being a good NFL running back, so I would definitely – that's a fade for me. And I would hope it would pay off with everybody else loading up on him and, and him having a terrible game. So, uh, I, you know, Antonio Brown, an obvious play. But the more I watch Pittsburgh over the last half of last year, Smith-Schuster is like, man, he's right there with Antonio Brown. They really want to get this guy the ball. He's explosive with the ball. At, and he's three grand less on DraftKings. Like, I have no problems playing Smith-Schuster. And I like him on a point-per-dollar basis just as much as Antonio Brown. I'm going to not buy the hype on the James Washington and all that other stuff, so I'll pass on that. On the flip side, Cleveland, yeah, man, I'm with you. It was gonna, it's going to be my bold call later, but I like Cleveland to pull the upset here too. I think right. I like Cleveland, uh, you know, but I don't know that I can play too many of these guys. Tyrod Taylor. It's just a good game manager. I'm not sure I want to play him in fantasy, though, with a lot of cheap options out there. And <clears throat> Carlos Hyde's going to lose passing down work to Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's going to lose any kind of goal line work he would have to Carlos Hyde. Jarvis and Gordon, we don't know exactly what Gordon's going to – his role is going to be here, but I expect him to be okay. Jarvis Landry, I'm a you know, touch worried about losing some – you know, I tell you what, my favorite play for Cleveland is going to be Njoku. I think he – has an outside chance, a backdoor chance to lead NFL tight ends in touchdowns this year. So that's the guy I like I like a lot on this Cleveland offense. All right, I'm going to throw Antonio Callaway in there. You know, if Gordon's limited at all, he's the guy, and this is a, a big play. If you've never seen this dude play, I mean, he's a big play waiting to happen. So 3,100 on, on DraftKings, and I'm more interested in Tyrod Taylor. I think you're going to see him open it up a little bit here with Cleveland, just never really had that opportunity in Buffalo. But his running ability – uh, this Pittsburgh defense just not the same without Shazier. So, little Tyrod to Antonio Callaway going to be in some of my lineups this weekend. Now, Derek, your thought on Connor? Because I thought you know, Chop, it's an interesting take. Cash games, I'm going to have some interest. I agree in tournaments that you know, if he's going to be super highly owned, which I'm expecting him to be if the news becomes official, then you maybe take a stance. But cash games, I think he's a viable option. Derek, thoughts on James Connor? Thoughts on the Cleveland side of things and then those Pittsburgh receivers with Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, if Bell is out, I will have a ton of James Conner. Uh, one of my favorite times to eat chalk is when those backup running backs get the start and get the bell cow usage. Uh, we've seen the Pittsburgh in the past when Bell's been out, uh, their backups are coming and just dominated. So I absolutely love Conner. If he's going to get the start, that's a great price point for him. Not too worried about the ownership. Uh, I'll look to differentiate elsewhere. No interest in Big Ben on the road, but I do love Antonio Brown, especially if Bell's going to be out. Um, you mentioned Juju Schuster. I think uh, he's interesting as well. But uh, if Bell's out, I do think a lot of my lineups are going to start with uh, James Conner and Antonio Brown. I think it's a really good spot for him. But uh, something to know, I know we're recording this on Wednesday, but uh, the weather report doesn't look great for this game. Uh, around 50% chance of rain with some winds close to 20 miles per hour. So just keep an eye on that uh, as we get closer to lineups lock. Cleveland side, yeah, I mean, I'm still mad about Kajus. The, they also cut my dude Nate Orchard and Nassib, the dude with all the good investment advice. I mean, I think oh, – that dude will be fine. He'll, he'll land a job somewhere right away. I think uh, – yeah, I think Hard Knocks just follows a guy that they know is going to get cut just so they can make it a little more drama at the end. But, um, yeah, like Njoku is a nice value at tight end. Um, I had some interest in Tyrod Taylor. Just going to wait and see, you know, what the weather is going to look like in this one. And uh, Jarvis Landry, I think he offers a really high floor. He, uh, you know, just going to catch a lot of balls this year. So I think they're interesting. Probably going to take a wait and see approach on the running backs. I know Carlos Hyde looked good, but um, not going to be buying him in this one. One intriguing name I'm going to throw into the mix here again. Going back to college football, Jalen Samuels, uh, minimum price, and I'm intrigued to see how they utilize him, and most of that's going to be if Vance McDonald is out there. If not, I think they could use this guy, A, to spell Connor, B, as a, as a pass catcher at the tight end position. So not sure I'm going to pull the trigger in daily just yet, but wanted to throw his name out there, a, a multi-talented guy that can do a lot of things, and I know they're very high on him. So just keep an eye on the name, Jalen Samuels. All right, 
That'll wrap us up for part one here of the DFSODs podcast. Covered the Thursday night, covered the main slate. So come on back for part two. We'll talk all the afternoon games, the Sunday night game, and of course, those two Monday night games. And you'll get some bold calls at the end of part two. So for Derek, for Chop, I am Beer, and Salud. We'll see you in part two down the road. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com.